Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Tuesday morning. It's me, Danko, keeping you company on your market view. Now, we've got quite a bit to uncover today, so let's welcome to the show Mr. Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Mr. Dan. What are you doing here today? Well, our dear Michelle Martin is currently sick and uh, she's resting at home, so I will be standing in in a place. All right, get well soon, Michelle. Yep, get well soon, Michelle. How's um, Tuesday looking, Ryan? It is looking quite tough, actually, because I got up extra early to do some extra stuff for the show. So. Yeah. Still trying to get over the hurdle. So I've already clocked in extra hours. So I am on my wow. last fumes. I'm running on fumes right now. We need a hard worker like you. That's everyone. You. Yeah. Everyone needs that. Now, Ryan, I know that you wake up or you start at six. So what time do you normally wake up then? Mm, normally about four. So okay. today was about three. Wow. So it's like a different time zone and of course you've got to prep the show lots to get ready for um, of course you end the day a bit earlier but it's still quite tough to sync up with your family members sometimes so you've got to juggle your clocks in a sense so you try to get rest whenever you can in little bits and pieces honestly I don't know how you're functioning right now but I'm, I'm sure you can you, do it if you try because you're young We'll see. <laughs> okay, now let's turn over our attention to the markets. And, you know, they say that small steps are the ones that count. And that's exactly what we're seeing on Wall Street with all three major indexes closing with small gains, but hitting fresh new records, as mentioned earlier. Now, Ryan, is the story changing for the bulls? And what's your take on the current bull run? Yeah, if you look at the markets, it's been pretty remarkable. Mm. New highs. So we are looking at a Dow breaking above 38,000 after a very small gain, mm. also a very small gain for the S&P 500 to the tune of 0.2%, also a new high. And then you've got a NASDAQ very close to soon hitting its own high. The NASDAQ 100 hit a new high in the past session. So after coming off the back of a pretty strong year in 2023, mm. for it to be able to still make new ground, it is quite remarkable, right? People are saying, hey, is this overdone? Is the rally you see we saw last week or last year actually uh, something that's going to run out of steam? Going into the earnings season, it does not look that way. And of course, if we get expectations being beat in the next round of report cards, then you have more reason for it to go up. And then of course, you've got the interest rates that will be talked about quite a bit in the next few months where we might see rate cuts on the table soon enough. That could be another catalyst for markets. Hmm. So it is quite good times, at least if you look at the numbers going across the screen right now. Yeah, you're not the only one that's um, you know tied on the fence because we've got strategists at Wall Street's top two-tier banks uh, split on the outlook for profit margins. We've got Goldman Sachs on one hand seeing the falling of inflation boosting the key metric, while JP Morgan is warning that companies are quickly losing pricing power as well. So, yes, um, now let's talk a little bit more about the, you know, the rally that we've been seeing so far in against, you know, in Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Alphabet, Amazon and Meta, as well as Tesla have all powered the resurgence on Wall Street. And that's what we've seen last year as well. The fact that AI is boosting these stock prices. And analysts are also saying that it is likely to remain the key theme driving global tech stocks again this year and for the rest of the decade. So if there's one company that we can't ignore, 
That's none other than AMD. Now, the stock rose nearly 130% last year. And that says investors bet that the company's AI-oriented GPUs scheduled to ship this year can take on you know some market share from NVIDIA. No, but it's also hard to ignore that because of this ridiculous run, an analyst wrote in the note that he downgraded AMD's valuation to a heck-if-we-know rating. Ryan, what's the argument here? Yeah, so this analyst from Northland Capital Markets is pretty much in line with what a lot of people are asking. Mm. What is going on? Because after a strong year, how much more leg room or how much more upside is there for the stock to run up? And yeah. if you look at what we've been talking about last year, we we're saying, hey, the AI boom has been pretty much priced in to some mm. extent. And the big seven have been going on a bit of a tear. Is it time to take profit? And it does not look that way because there is so much optimism with all things AI. You've got to ask an AI chatbot you know, where to go from here. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, right? I'm getting my answers mostly from AI. What about you? Well, I suppose if you look <laughs> at the fundamental argument, uh, which is how AI requires data crunching, yeah. data servers and chips, which is what AMD makes, mm. then you have the argument they are in the business which is growing. Mm. And the question mark then is, how much is it growing? And going by every other week, we see new applications for AI, more countries pushing for um, the adoption and innovation of various things to do with AI. Then mm. that market continues to grow. That pie gets bigger. Mm. So the likes of AMD, among others, will benefit. And then the question is, how do you play the AI game? Do you go for the AMDs, the NVIDIAs, which have already run up, which are quite big players? Or do you go for the, I suppose, lesser known names and those in adjacent um, industries like cybersecurity? Because yeah. as more people go into AI, there's going to be a lot of data concerns mm. and security concerns as well. So that becomes the question, I suppose, soon enough, how do you play the game in alternative ways? Right. Yeah, it's, I guess the only f way to describe this situation is that the only thing that makes sense is that it doesn't really make sense. I mean, we talk about the distortion of uh, the overall demand signals and, uh, you know, the analysts also said that while AI is big, and it's really big, but just not as big as what investors are thinking. So speaking of which, now we talked about the optimism in Wall Street. And let's now shift our attention over to the latest warning for investors that's likely to unleash dovish monetary wages across the board. And two-thirds of Bloomberg Markets Live Pulse respondents have said that betting on early monetary easing is, quote-unquote, most foolish among popular trades heading into 2024. And that applies to a lot of stocks that we're seeing going up to record levels this year. So here's something to think about, Ryan. Is the speculation surrounding a dovish Fed pivot going too far? And can the stock market continue to maintain today's high valuation levels? Yeah, it's a tough question. So if you just lay out the ground with expectations, on one hand, you've got the Fed looking at three rate cuts, yeah. perhaps this year. The other side of the equation is where you've got the market looking for five to six. So at some point, someone has to blink and that gap has to close. So maybe sometime next week when we get an FOMC meeting, we might get some inclination of how the next few months might be. And you also have to remember going into this year, the odds for a rate cut in March were around 85%, but mm. it's since dropped 
to close to 50%. Yeah. So you have expectations being down back partly because of some of the um, strong data been getting around the US economy, economic resilience on some fronts. So that gives the Fed less impetus to do rate cuts sooner rather than later. So you might see some adjustments and already we are seeing um, the CME tool based on the swap rates looking at expectations being adjusted already. So mm. the next, I suppose, uh, signpost will be the earnings season. Uh, are consumers spending more? Are they willing to pay more for price increases? Are companies under pressure? So another look at the US economy on that front will help to um, adjust expectations. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that, Ryan. And uh, key economic data is something that we will be watching very closely as it releases in the next few weeks. Although it's worth mentioning that, you know, a majority of those surveyed have agreed that January is usually a poor indicator of what the rest of the year is likely to bring. So it's worth looking at a broader picture. And in fact, some have even said that going long on value stocks over their growth counterparts is the preferred wager for 44% of market participants. So, a lot to look ahead for us here. But now let's shift our attention over to the opposite end of the spectrum. That's China. And the latest on that country, one analyst who covers, covers the country said that deflation may soon start biting into Chinese growth. And that's as Beijing looks at another three to six months of a very painful economy. And it comes after the People's Bank of China held its one-year and five-year loan prime rates at 3.45% and 4.2% respectively. So, interestingly, that has left many wondering why they have decided to keep the prime rates unchanged instead of lowering to get some stimulus into the, into the country. So, Ryan, why do you think they've decided to stick to status quo? Yeah, I suppose they are still... Um, hoping or waiting for data to come out before they want to make a bigger move. And they've got a very delicate balancing act in terms of trying to let market forces do what they do versus intervening too much. So that's where we've been seeing China in the past few years, actually, mm. um, where we've been talking about stimulus around the corner, but we haven't really seen it. So that has had an impact on market confidence already. And we've seen that playing out in the stock market where some of the levels, for example, the CSI 300 is at its lowest levels in nearly two decades. Mm. So it's been seeing some pressure in recent quarters and I think um, it's going to be a rocky ride for anyone who is looking to invest in China. It's quite tough to call it. Yep. Yep, it's a very difficult time for them there, especially we talk about a little bit about the property slump, which uh, which the economy is so reliant on as well. Now, you know, seeing as the mainland's benchmark CSI 300 index hit a five-year low yesterday, China's Premier Li Chiang has asked authorities to take a more forceful measure to stabilize his country's slumping stock market as well as investor confidence. So. Ryan, can you share with can you share with us what measures are we looking at here, and to what extent is it likely to reshape market expectations of China? Yeah, so if you look at futures, signs are that investors are liking the news that Premier Li Chiang is looking to what he calls shore up confidence, but the details are quite sparse. No really um, exact wording on what is going to happen. Mm. So we will actually have to see when it also happens. So that's something um, that's going to be that's going to be in the back 
drop as we head into the training day. So a couple of things they might do. One is to cut the triple R rate, which is yep. to incentivize banks to lend. But then that brings the question again, do people want to borrow? Mm. So it has to really incentivize people to spend in the private sector where you've got quite a weak consumer sentiment playing out. And of course, this affects businesses, how much they earn. So they've got to figure out regulations or putting cash in hand for some of the consumers in China. And of course, um, figure out how to create more jobs as well to create that mood of optimism. So that's a lot of things for them to figure out. Yeah, it's quite tough right there for China. I mean, we look. Let's take a look at the one you know the country's once bloated real estate market, which accounts for roughly a third of China's economic activity. And now today, now buyers think that housing prices might continue to drop. So even if there is a pent up demand for housing, some analysts are saying that a lot of home buyers are not likely to buy this month. They're not going to buy the next quarter because because they're scared that their prices are going to continue to drop at least in the coming months ahead. So we'll take a close look on that and then we'll keep your our attention on those stories and keep you updated in the coming weeks. Now, let's play a game of up or down and it's a very simple game to play. Regulars, you would know how to do this. It's a very simple game. I pick a stock or a topic and you guess whether it's going to be an up or a down. Ryan, Tuesday's edition. Are you ready? Let's go, Dan. What's the price today, by the way? The price? Um, the price of what? <laughs> the price. Oh, the price. I see. Um, the price is a huge congratulations and a pat on the <laughs> All back. All right, right. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, Ryan. First on the list, we've got gold prices. Okay, this is going to be an up for me. So you've got expectations that gold prices are going higher. Mm. Already it's hit new highs. It's expected to go even higher if you believe UBS. So if you cast your mind back to 2023, it had a jump of at least 10%. Well, guess what? This year, another 10%. So already we've got prices at 2000 plus. UBS is saying it will hit 2250 by the end of the year. Yeah, it's increasing optimism all across the markets and I'm gonna definitely going to go with an up as well. Now, gold hit several record highs last year and notched a record close of about $2,078 per ounce. So if we're looking at $2,250,000 per ounce by the end of the uh, this year, that's likely to be some good news for gold prices. I'm going to go with an up. Next up on the list, we've got Hong Kong stocks. All right, Hong Kong stocks are going to be a down for me. So Boom. they've been under pressure because of what's been playing out in China. So all the tech stocks that have been, well, I suppose under the spotlight in recent times, um, actually saw quite a bit of a sell-off yesterday. If you look at the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index on Monday, it was down 2.4% to a very low level, the lowest in nearly two decades. So it is not looking too good unless you want to well, price in the optimism that's starting to um, be factored in around Premier Lee Chang's comments that he's going to do something. Yeah, 
it's i mean <laughs> take a look at the other side of the of things i mean from the us to china you can obviously see the stock differences in that and you know analysts are saying that the latest declines may be attributable to a lack of catalysts in the near term as well as outflows to more attractive alternatives in the region now just worth noting the Hong Kong Hang Seng was just a little over 1% away from dropping to the lowest level since 2005. So, yes, I think I'm definitely going to go with the down for Hong Kong stocks right now. Now, next on the list, we've got Tencent's Riot Games. All right, Riot Games is uh, down for me. Yep. And that's because they are laying off people. So what's happening here is some of the games they're making are not that good, apparently. Mm. Or at least not performing as... They hoped. So too many people making games that don't work, they've got to cut back. Wow. Are you much of a gamer, Ryan? Not as much as I was before, but I can imagine these games are quite popular with the younger kids like you. Well, Riot Games, you've got a lot to catch up on. Mr. Ryan Huang here is not much of a gamer. He's lost a little bit of interest. I'm going to go with the down. Yes, they're planning to lay off 530 employees. And they're saying that they have too many projects with too little focus. Sounds a little bit like us in this day and age. Next on the list, let's take it closer to home. We are, we've got Fraser's Centerpoint Trust. Okay, this is an up for me. So FCT is reporting a 99.9% retail portfolio occupancy for the first quarter. So wow. almost full of house. And that means um, it's pretty good when it comes to what I can do in times to come where... You might want to talk about rent increases down the road. But worth noting, tenant sales were actually down 0.7% for the period between October to December 2023 due to some renovation works that were being carried out across some of the key anchor tenants' units. Uh, otherwise, sales would have been higher by 1.1%. So after mm. renovation, perhaps things will start to look brighter. Yeah, that's still not stopping shoppers from traveling to the Heartland Mall because, I mean, from the period end of December of 2023, the shopper traffic for its malls was also 3.1% higher. Something to look forward to for Fraser's Centerpoint Trust. I'm going to go with an up. Last on the list, we've got iReads Portfolio. Okay, this is down for me because their portfolio valuation has fallen by 2.6% Ouch. to 899 million euros. And this is based on the latest external valuation conducted by Savills. Yeah. So this is partly because of what we've been seeing actually across the past year for yeah. many weeks overseas. The high interest rate environment just puts pressure on the valuations for some of these properties. Yep. And for iWeed, they are not spared. Yep, it's a common theme that we're seeing all across the ASREITS uh, portfolio. I mean, we're talking about higher interest rates. So I'm going to go with and down, uh, down for iREITS. All right, fantastic, Ryan. Now, Ryan, before I let you go, um, you know that houses here, at least the properties here, are a little bit expensive, right? And uh, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to look at the, the prices of the cheapest HDB flats here in Singapore last year. And all I see is about two to $300,000. What about owning a house for just 13 cents? 13 cents. What's the catch? What's the catch? Well, there, uh, there is a few, you know, um, a few catches like what you've mentioned. We, there are a few criteria before you can buy one of these houses. Uh, first things first, Ryan. Let's walk down the list. Are you under 45 years old? 
Yes. Okay, you're in a marital relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And here, let's uh, let's see whether you have anything to hide. Have you got any criminal record? No. No? Okay, Ryan, you are eligible to buy the 13 cents house that's located in a town in northern Croatia, Legran. I think What's that's how you pronounce going on? Why is it 13 cents? Well, they've been trying to get more people to settle in the area by offering houses for pennies. And All right. if I'm looking at it, it's quite beautiful. It's a, it's quite so it's a house town. with something inside, like furniture, or do I have to renovate and then it costs like a million dollars? Well, I believe you have to <laughs> likely renovate the area. But 13 cents for that and to spend the rest on renovation, I think it's quite a good deal, don't you think? I suppose um, worth looking at if you're trying to have a new um, sense of uh, new, new space or new scenery around you. Yeah, it's a good retirement uh, town, I suppose. I mean, look at it this way. It's a small town with about 2,000 people. It's probably going to be a very nice place to just settle down. But we'll see whether that happens in the next few years. Anyways, thanks a lot, Ryan, for this episode of Market View. I'll catch you again tomorrow, same time, same place. And now, uh, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.